a question was written up on the topic list uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, basically, if I remember right, I think it said, what is praise? And so uh, that's going to be the topic for the next two hours, just looking at uh, some things about praise uh, and, and kind of looking at what we see in the Bible about praise, uh, you know, trying to define it a little bit and, and see what it is and how it was done and, and of course, making the application uh, towards us today in praising God and, and, and trying to do that uh, in a way that is uh, pleasing to Him. And so... That'll be what we're talking about, and if you look up some internet definitions of praise, uh, you'll get, uh, I've kind of lumped them all together, but you'll get things that say uh, stuff like to, ex- to express warm approval of or admiration of something or someone, uh, to say or to write good things about someone, to express thanks to or love to, or respect towards uh, someone or, or something. And so, uh, you know, those, I think, are all uh, definitions that would fit what praise is, uh, even in the Bible, uh, from some aspects. And and just thinking about that today, maybe in an everyday example of praise, you know, think about those of us who have kids or, or who, have, who have dealt with kids some, uh, you know, how we may praise one of our kids when they do something good. What do we do? We, we tell them what they did good and say that was good. Uh, we repeat the things they did and, and, you know, our words indicate that was something that was good for them to do. They did well. Uh, you know, as we get older and think about another part of that definition that, that mentioned uh, expressing thanks or love or respect towards uh, something or for something. You know, as we get older, as we think about uh, our parents or those uh, that we may know older than us that we, you know, we have respect for, you know, think about how do we show that love and respect towards them uh, in praising them. We talk good about them and we mention and think about the good things that they have done. Uh, and, you know, that is, again, what praise is. Uh, so, when we're talking about God or thinking about us praising God, the song we, we just got through singing, you know, praise Him, praise Him, um, it, it's really most of the time it, it, on a general level is uh, saying good things about God, uh, showing our admiration for Him, expressing and showing our thankfulness and love towards Him uh, and for, for the things that He has done and the things that He continues to do. And so you can, you can see how praise is really, at least in my mind, is kind of a broad term. That it's got several different aspects or, that you can think about it from or angles you can look at it from. Uh, and, and when you look up, you know, as you dig a little deeper trying to define what praise is in the Bible and, and what was going on surrounding praise, uh, if you look in the in Vine's Bible definitions, uh, I, I came up with at least eight different Greek words that are translated, Greek or Hebrew words that are translated as praise in Scripture. Uh, and so you can again see kind of this multifaceted idea um, each of these these eight different words uh, kind of has a slightly different meaning associated with it. Uh, some of the words talk about uh, the definitions of those words were this idea of commendation, uh, respect for His glory, 
uh, which fits some of that uh, from the internet definitions. Uh, there was also another word that uh, in Hebrews chapter 13, 15, where this was interesting to me, praise uh, there is used metaphorically uh, and it's, it's represented as a sacrificial offering. If you want to turn to Hebrews 13, 15 and just look at that. Um, there the writer says, Through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips that acknowledge his name. And so there you see praise kind of tied to this idea of a sacrifice to God and, and that being uh, us acknowledging his name. You know, that's what that verse is talking about, the fruit of our lips that acknowledges his name. You know, acknowledging who he is uh, and, and the things that he has done. Uh, some of the other words that are used in the Bible uh, that are sometimes translated praise or associated with praise uh, oftentimes carry about meanings or the idea of to sing. You know, and we see singing tied in with praising God in a lot of different places. Um, in the Old Testament, we see singing and sometimes uh, music, stringed instruments being played uh, in association with this praise. And, and one of the Hebrew words that, that was used uh, in association with praise back then uh, carried with it the meaning to play with a stringed instrument. Uh, and... You know, that was something that they did in the Old Testament. Uh, also, if you look at these Greek uh, and Hebrew words, uh, one other definition or, or word you'll find that had the meaning of to confess, uh, and we oftentimes think about confession as us saying, you know, confessing our sins to God or to one another, but in this, it's a little bit more simpler, a broad idea that our praise is to confess things about God. Uh, and we're going to look at some examples of that uh, here in a minute. But again, just think about praise as, as being multifaceted. There's several different aspects or things about it uh, to consider. It's not uh, as simple maybe as, as I thought it was. And so as we... As we try to figure out, you've got all these definitions that could be, you know, kind of different aspects of praise, and that made it a little bit complicated to just try and figure out exactly what praise is from the definitions. You know, what, what would it look like? If you just read the definitions, you, you, you get a little picture of it, but you don't really, at least in my mind, see exactly what it is. But, you know, thankfully the, the Holy Spirit through the Scriptures has given us tons of examples of praise from the front of the Bible to the back. And so we can see that in a lot of different uh, examples and ways. If you look up just the word praise in a strong concordance, uh, I stopped counting at 200 different verses that had the word praise in them. Uh, so, you know, that's a lot of verses that have the word praise. And the funny thing about it is, you know, is praise, can we only see what praise is from verses that have the word praise in them? Not really. That's not the way the Bible works. You know, you've got these 200 plus verses that do have the word praise, but once we kind of understand what praise is, it's all throughout the Bible and, and reading the stories of things people said and things that uh, people did and, and, you know, understanding that they were praising God and doing that. Passages like Genesis uh, 14 and verse 20. 
you know, they're uh, just kind of a snapshot verse where the, the phrase or the words are said, Blessed be the God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth. That is a, a sentence that is praising God. Uh, but the word praise is not in there. And so I just wanted to draw that out as, you know, if you ever study praise, like a lot of things in the Bible, you can't just look for the word praise. You kind of got to look at other things that are being said that are praised to see uh, what what's going on there. If you want to turn to Genesis chapter 29, this was uh, the first verse that did actually have the word praise in it. And I guess uh, some of this will be... You know, I didn't really look at other translations. So this, when I say that, uh, I'm talking about uh, in my search in the New King James Version. Genesis 29, 35. Uh, this is when Leah, Jacob's wife, one of his wives, has uh, their son Judah. Genesis 29, 35, it says, And she conceived again and bore a son and said, Now I will praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah, and then she stopped bearing. And so that's the first time that the word praise uh, appeared in the, new, in the Bible. Uh, the first time, or the first record that I could think of as someone actually praising God would be earlier than this. Uh, and again, this kind of has to do with you know considering what praise is and 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 what it looks like for someone to praise God but if you look in Genesis chapter 8 uh, and and you make it even go earlier than this but in Genesis chapter 8 uh, you've got Noah and his family after the flood uh, verses 20 and 21 says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar and the Lord smelled the soothing aroma. Then, his Lord, then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. <clears throat> and so you've got Noah here uh, making these sacrifices to God. And, and we're going to see some other verses that kind of tie together this idea of making sacrifices with praise. And you could even go earlier than this, uh, possibly with the sacrifice of Abel. Uh, when Cain and Abel made their sacrifice and say that there was probably some praise of God involved during that. Um, but look at, you know, to tie together the idea of praising God and these sacrifices, look at Leviticus 19. Leviticus chapter 19, uh, starting in verse 23. says, when you come into the land and have planted all... This is, this is Moses talking to the Israelites as, as they're coming, going to go into the land of Canaan. When you come into the land and have planted all kinds of trees for food, then you shall count their fruit as uncircumcised. Three years it shall be as uncircumcised to you. It shall not be eaten. But in the fourth year its fruit shall be holy, a praise to the Lord. Okay, so there we've got uh, this fruit being mentioned as holy and a praise to the Lord. Uh, you know, that fruit was, was dedicated in a sense to God there um, as an offering of praise to the Lord. Look in Judges chapter 5 uh, for some more illustrations of praise. 
that was the, I mean, that's the, I guess the best way in my mind to look at what praise is, is just look at illustrations of it. Judges chapter 5, you've got a, it's called the Song of Deborah. I'm going to have to get to Judges, not Joshua. Deborah was not in Joshua. Let's read, um, you could read this whole uh, song of Deborah, but I just wanted to read the first five verses uh, and see here that, you know, again, this is some illustrations of praise, and look at what, what's going on. It says, Then Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam, sang on that day, saying, When leaders led in Israel, when the people willingly offered themselves, bless the Lord. Hear, O kings, give ear, O princes. I, even I, will sing to the Lord. I will sing praises to the Lord God of Israel. Lord, when you went out from Seir, when you marched from the field of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens poured. The clouds also poured water. The mountains gushed before the Lord. This Sinai before the Lord God of Israel. If you keep reading there over and over again, what is Deborah doing? She's repeating or stating things about God uh, in a way that praises Him. That that is basically saying great things that God did, and that is that is what praise is. It's repeating or confessing or saying those great things that God has done. Those great things about God, the the attributes of His character. Uh, the things that he says, all of those things, when we repeat those things uh, in a way that glorifies him or magnifies him, uh, is praising him. Uh, and, and that's really what praise is. Um, so you remember back in the definitions, I said one of the, the terms talks about confessing. Look in First Chronicles 16. First Chronicles 16. Starting in verse 4. I can get there. 1 Chronicles 16, 4. It says, And he appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord uh, to commemorate, to thank, and to praise the Lord God of Israel. Asaph, the chief, and next to him Zechariah, then Jethiel, Shemariamoth, Jehiel, Methaniah, Elab, Benaniah, and Obed-Edom. Jehiel with the stringed instruments and with the harps, but Asaph made music with cymbals. Benaniah, or Benaniah and Jehaziel, the priest, regularly blew the trumpets before the Ark of the Covenant of God. And on that day, David first delivered this psalm into the hand of Asaph and his brethren to thank the Lord. O give thanks to the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the people. Sing to Him psalms, sing to Him, sing psalms to Him. Talk of all His wondrous works. And so you see, just as we read through this, notice these things about praise and what, what praise is. It says, Glory in His holy name, let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His face evermore. Remember His marvelous works which He has done, His wonders and His judgments of His mouth. O seed of Israel, His servant, you children of Jacob, His His, His chosen ones. 
He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember His covenant forever, the word which He commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant which He made with Abraham and His oath to Isaac, and confirmed it to Jacob for a statute, to Israel for an everlasting covenant. <clears throat> and so you just keep on reading through that and you see uh, basically what praise is. It, it's reminding or stating or confessing those things that God has done in the past and, and is saying them in a good light, in a way that honors Him and in a way that glorifies Him and in a way that draws attention to the goodness of what He has done and, and the greatness of who He is. Um, you know, again, in this example, you've got, uh, you know, we're, we're in the Old Testament, you've got David here appointing men uh, with these different instruments and, and, and really want to look at, you've got the idea of singing very often being a part of praising God. And we see that carried forward into the New Testament, this idea that oftentimes when we praise God, we do that through song, through singing, that that is a way uh, that, it, that is um, often used to praise God. Uh, Psalms 146, if you go to Psalm, uh, starting in 146 all the way through Psalm 150, I had a, I don't even know where I heard it at, but I had a note written there starting at 146 that Psalms 146 through 50 are sometimes called the Hallelujah Psalms, uh, and and we'll look at, we'll just read one of them, uh, but you can read the rest of them and see uh, why they may be called that. Uh, but again, we're looking at what is praise and, and how uh, praise is done, what things are said when we praise God, Those trying to, to develop that thought. Psalm 146 says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Do not put your trust in princes, nor in a son of man in whom there is no help. His spirit departs, he returns to his earth, and that very day his plans perish. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps truth, truth forever, who executes justice to the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and widow. But the way of the wicked he turns upside down. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. So you see there, uh, again, and you can read some more of those next few psalms, but what, what's going on in those psalms? Over and over again, you know, this idea of praising God is tied to repeating the good things that he does uh, and repeating uh, char character traits of God and, and attributes of God. And again, uh, of course, saying those in a good light and drawing attention to those things as good and right and honorable things. Uh, that, that is what praise is. And so <clears throat> as we think about moving into the New Testament and looking at uh, what we may see about praise or, or uh, what people are doing as praising God in the New Testament, uh, there's not as many verses that uh, show us 
things about praise as in the Old Testament, but there are several that we can look at and consider. Uh, look, turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. not going to read all of this but starting in verse 64 and this is just in context this is Zechariah uh, the uh, one of the Levites who John the Baptist's father uh, basically when he finds out about them going to have John starting in Luke chapter 1 uh, verse 64 says, Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed, and he spoke, praising God. Then fear came upon all who dwelt around them, and those, these sayings were discussed throughout the hill country of Judea. And all those who heard them kept saying in their hearts, What kind of child will this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. Now his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets who have since, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. <clears throat> you keep reading through that and you see, you know, in that prophecy there, Zechariah is just bringing out these attributes and these things that God has said. He's reminding or, or repeating those things and those promises. Uh, and again, that is a form of praise. That is a lot to do about uh, what praise is. If you go over to the next chapter, Luke chapter 2, um, You've got the whole heavenly host praising God there in, in Luke chapter 2 and verse 13 uh, surrounding uh, Jesus' birth. There Luke 2, 13 says, And suddenly there was, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. Uh, and so there again, another snapshot of even the heavenly host praying, praising God. And what are they doing? They're just, you know, acknowledging who God is, uh, basically saying that all glory is due Him. If you look down a few more verses, the shepherds do the same thing. It says in verse 20, Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. Uh, and so, again, just these little tidbits of, of information or, or pictures of people praising God in the New Testament and uh, hopefully at least we can understand what that is at this point about just uh, being glad or reminding or repeating the good things God has done. Um, Luke 24 is another place where we see <clears throat> this idea of praising in the New Testament. Luke 24 and verse 50. Mm, let's see. It says, And he led them as far as Bethany, 
and lifted up his hands and blessed them. And now it came to pass while he blessed them, he was carried, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Uh, and so you know you can see where that's at in context. Jesus going back to heaven and what did the disciples do after that? But went back to the temple praising and and blessing. Uh, God for the things that they had seen and witnessed and and the things that had been done. Looking um, as far as uh, I guess once the church began, if you go to Acts and you look at some things about praise starting there, Acts two uh, and verse forty six. You've got uh, the, the, you know, the church has just begun. Uh, these people have been baptized, and uh, they're in Jerusalem. It says so, continually, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those uh, who were being saved. If you turn over to chapter three, uh, in verse eight. This is uh, when Peter heals the lame man. Uh, there in verse 8 it says, So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them. This is the lame man who's just been healed. Walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And so this was just one verse where I... I wanted to bring it out as, you know, again, that's a, a spot in the New Testament where the word praise appears. But uh, also we can see one of the effects of us praising God. Uh, and, you know, here I think it, it drew attention to God and the wonderful things that had been done by God for this man. And so I think our praise to God today should do that same thing. It should draw attention to the wonderful things about God and, and the great things that God has done uh, for us, uh, just like it did with this guy. Uh, let's see. We've got in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas in the middle of the night in prison after being uh, beaten. Uh, in Acts 16, 25, they're there in prison and they're doing what? They're praying and singing praises to God. Uh, and so again, there is, there is where this idea of singing uh, is oftentimes associated with uh, praises to God. Turn to uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. This is, a, I guess out of all of these passages... Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 was one that, that kind of stuck with me about um, maybe some other things besides what we would normally think of as praise. Some other things that do praise God or some other things that are kind of linked to our praise of God. Uh, let's read uh, verses in, in 1 Peter 2 verses 1 through 12 and then we'll just maybe pick out a few of those things. But It says, uh, therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Coming to him as to living 
as to a living stone rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore do you who believe he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble, being disobedient to the word to which they were also appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims to abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. All right, so again, when you read this, you don't necessarily see uh, Peter saying, okay, Christians, we are supposed to praise God. This is how you do it. But instead, you, you see this idea of our praise to God, at least in my mind, our praise to God being tied to living this holy life that God wants us to, to live and how that uh, glorifies Him and, and how that is a, a form of praise to Him uh, in my mind. Look at, uh, let's see, look at, uh, I believe it was about verse 9. It says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Okay, and so how are we that chosen generation? Or what does that royal priesthood look like in action? What action does he want us to do? As you read before this and after this, you see uh, these, these things uh, that, that he's telling us his people do. Uh, abstaining from fleshly lusts, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. Why? So that when they try to speak evil of you, or when they do speak evil of you, uh, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. And so, again, I, I just this stood out to me as, as maybe some other aspect of praise that our, our actions and our faithfulness to God is one of the ways that, that we praise Him and that we glorify Him. Uh, and, and it draws attention. When we live in the right way, when we live in a way that's different from the world, uh, it glorifies God and it, it draws attention to His righteousness uh, if we do it the way He wants us to. Alright, so that's, uh, that's really all the verses I had uh, about praise. <clears throat> but it, just in summary, you know, I wanted us to, to realize that people have been praising God, uh, I think, from the very beginning. Uh, whether it's by way of verbally speaking these praises, like we see in Psalms, uh, or through songs uh, that verbally express our praise to God and glorify Him, or through uh, righteous obedience acts that we do. All of that, I believe, is a way that we praise God and, and uh, ways that glorify Him. And 
you know, I think we can see from all of these examples that praising God is not something that's just confined to our assembly. Like here this morning, this isn't the only time that we need to praise God. It's something that should be uh, woven into our daily lives. Our praise for God should be in our prayers. Uh, it's again through our actions, our righteous actions. Uh, it's through the things that we say. Uh, you know, all of those things should should be woven into our daily lives, uh, and we should be constantly praising God uh, for all that He does for us and all that He has done uh, for us. And and really, just to realize that, you know, our praise is oftentimes what we do see uh, in the Psalms. It's, it's repeating the good things about him and just acknowledging those things and you may say well I know those things you know why do I need to repeat them it seems that David felt the need to repeat them often you know and to say them over and over again um, and you know just thinking about myself uh, when I when I sometimes feel like maybe I've um, moving away from God instead of towards God, it's oftentimes because I just haven't taken the time lately to reflect on what He has done and, and, and thought about that and said that and realized that all of the good things that we have are from Him. And, and when you think about that and reflect on that, it's humbling. Uh, it helps bring things back into perspective. And I, I think that that's one of the reasons why us praising God should be... Uh, a very important aspect of our daily lives. If you turn, I had one more passage uh, in closing. Psalms uh, 19. You know, we've been talking about how do we praise God. Um, really, um, again, people have been praising God, I believe, since since the beginning. But, but let's look at Psalms 19 and, and think about this. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out throughout all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from one end of heaven, and its circuit to the other end, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. And so, you know, again, I, I think one thing that is being said in those first six verses is the whole creation, in a sense, praises God. It, it shows who He is. It shows His might. It shows His power. It shows His glory, uh, His wisdom. And then what... What are the next verses of this psalm in light of that, in light of considering that the whole creation, you know, praises God? Look at what, start, what is said there in verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from a secret 
from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless. I shall be innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So in, in light of the fact that all of creation praises God and realizing who God is, you know, what, what is the, the psalmist here saying except for these laws, these things that God has put in place for us are for our good? And, and I wanted to just conclude with that thought in thinking about salvation and thinking about God's plan of salvation, the things that He has told us are required for our salvation, that it's all for our good. Uh, and that really, if we realize that, it, it would be easy for us to submit to Him and to be obedient to Him and to do uh, everything that He wants us to do because He does so much uh, good for us. You know, our attitude needs to be uh, like what is uh, mentioned there in verse 10 about uh, God and, and His words. More to be desired are they than gold, even much more than fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. And so, you know, I guess that's my exhortation for all of us this morning is that we have the right understanding of God, of who He is, what He's done, have the good understanding of what His laws are and the things that He has, the provisions He's put in place for us for salvation and that we submit to those things and we live that way and in doing so, you know, we will glorify Him, we will praise Him and it will be good for us. So if, uh, if anyone here uh, needs to uh, let something be known to the congregation that we can help with, uh, we invite you to do that as we stand and sing the song that's being selected. <laughs>